Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Mindboggler. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most sinister and infamous case. It's just super crazy. When I first read about this case, which was a couple years ago, I literally could not stop thinking about it for a couple of weeks. It has left me with this like fear of people in general, because you never ever should judge a book by its cover. Sometimes people seem like they're approachable, but they can turn out to be the most evil person in the world. This case is so crazy because it just consists of literally being held captive for seven years as a sex slave. today's episode, we're going to be talking about the case of Colleen Stan. It's a pretty popular case. A lot of people have been talking about this from years ago, but I feel like revisiting this case because as horrendous as it sounds, this is one of the cases that really intrigues me to the extent, you know, because the whole story is just insane. So let's start off by talking about what sensory deprivation is. So sensory deprivation involves partial or complete loss of sensory stimulation, usually under involuntary circumstances. It has been associated with a number of psychological adversities, but also with neuroplasticity and therapeutic potential. Basically, it's the elimination of your senses, and it can be experienced in the simplest matters such as blindfolding, that would be eliminating the sense of like sight, or using earplugs to eliminate the sense of hearing. And so it turns out, this actually has a lot of benefits for the brain it could improve your concentration and focus it can promote muscle relaxation lower anxiety and many more right that is why there are a lot of people who would pay a generous amount of money to be inside something called sensory deprivation tank have you heard of it people pay to get in there yeah just stay in a box buy a box okay so basically people pay you know someone to put you in this tank but not like instead of like a big tank or whatever it's just some kind of capsule have you not seen it oh like those capsule hotels not capsule hotels, just like capsules to float around the ultimate darkness. So like you float around on water, no sight, no smell, no s- nothing. And so this story happens in the year of 1977 in the land of Oregon with a woman by the name of Colleen Stan. So Colleen was 20 years old at the time and she was actually originated from California. She lives in California, but she goes to university in Oregon for college, right? And so one day it was her friend's birthday and she decided that she was going to surprise her friend by going all the way back to Westwood, California on her own. And she didn't tell anyone about the trip, not even her parents, that she was going to go from Oregon all the way to California which by the way is about a 400 miles drive, right? And so this was back in the days where hitchhiking was a thing. She was actually pretty used to hitchhiking, right? She's hitchhiked a lot of the times and she always had a pleasant experience from every time she hitchhiked. So she was like, okay, I'm gonna pack my bags, prepare for everything. And middle of the day, she decided to hitchhike to California because she had no car of her own. So she started hitchhiking. She got into one car and another. So like car after car after car until she made it about less than a hundred miles away from Westwood, California. right and so she was in redwood california at that time and she's on the highway like literally was dropped off on the side of the highway because supposedly that's how hitchhiking works and so she started to like hitchhike again lifting her thumb up until this first car came to offer her a ride and this car was filled with like five big dudes right they were kind of hitting on her in a very unpleasant way and so of course she was like no you know she was like she said no to them and waited for the next car to arrive and so she waited and waited until the next car arrived now this car 
car was a blue van and it seemed like it was filled with nice people. The driver looked like someone in their mid-twenties. He was wearing glasses and he had like a hippie haircut of some sort. It was like this middle part haircut, somewhat like a little bit looking like a nerd. And sitting in the passenger seat next to him is his wife, looked a little bit younger than him and she was carrying this beautiful little baby. And on the dashboard were pictures of the family together and some pictures of the wife and baby, right? And so she was like, yeah, this seems okay. They look fine and welcoming, right? Mm -hmm. And so she hopped into the car and the first few minutes she started to feel very uneasy because the driver was kind of forcing conversation with her as he creepily looks at her constantly from the rearview mirror. So the driver in the car is a 23-year-old man by the name of Cameron Hooker. Oh, oh, Cameron Hooker. A hooker. Mr. Hooker. <laughs> what did I say about not saying anything <laughs> unnecessary? I want to talk to... <laughs> You want to talk to him? Okay, no mind. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And so, driving in the car is a 23-year-old man by the name of Cameron Hooker. And next to him is his wife, 19-year-old Janice Hooker. And on their way to the next destination that they agreed to drop Colleen off on, they had to stop for gas. And so Colleen went out to the gas station's bathroom, and this is when things started to go downhill. Because she said that in that moment, something inside of her just told her to run away as far as she can. But then she just kind of shook it off, you know, her gut feeling, and was like, nah, you know, no way they're gonna do anything to me. I mean, come on. They look nice, they look like a pleasant family, there's just no way, right? Yeah, they have their family photo on the dashboard. Mm -hmm. And so she calmed herself down and went back to the car and she saw next to her was this box. It was a wooden box and it has the size of like a human head. Oh yeah, okay. It wasn't there before when she got out to the gas station bathroom though. That was when she felt a little suspicious, but of course, again, she shook that feeling off, right? And so they went back to the road again, went off the highway and suddenly stopped in this like isolated wooded area of Redwood, California. California. The dude, Cameron, went out of his car and then his wife and kid follows him, right? And Colleen was like, okay, maybe they have something to do. And so she also went out to check what they were doing. So she went out and she saw Cameron walking right to her and suddenly he pulled out a knife and put that knife to her throat. And then he pushed her inside of the car and forced her to put her head inside of that wooden box next to her. Okay. Now what you don't know about the box is that it's actually a sensory deprivation box. So it eliminates all of your senses, your sight, your smell, the hearing, everything, right? And so this box only fits one person's head and is super heavy. So Colleen had to like bend over her body to the side when her head was inside of the box because it's so heavy. Like physically, she couldn't get up because her neck wouldn't be able to support it, right? And so they drove her back home and took her to the basement of their house. So let's talk a little bit about the couple. So Cameron, a lot of people just thought he was an ordinary dude, right? But no, he's actually a sadomasochistic freak <gasps> he has a lot of weird paraphilia like what we talked about in the first episode he also has a lot of love for bondage and just hurting his partner in order for him to like get off see this is a pretty common behavior in a lot of like criminals i've heard of so like it turns out your kings really says something about you you know okay, yeah yeah meanwhile janice is a girl that grew up in a very strict household so she had very strict parents that didn't allow her to date until she's like a full-grown adult right and so because of this she had no idea idea how dating life works and she met Cameron and she fell in love with him and everything but here's the thing even from the beginning of their relationship Cameron would do all sorts of crazy things to her when they were, you know, doing oh, it. Oh, so, and that's what she knows. Yeah, that's, that's what she all thinks she is knows. normal. Yeah. yeah. So, Cameron would do all these sorts of crazy things. She literally nearly died a lot of the times because of his little fetish, right? Like, 
at one time he even drowned her in water. Whoa. Yeah, he drowned her in water. He would tie her on a tree and start beating her while doing it. You know, doing it to her, and he would choke her. He would suspend her in leather handcuffs and do all shit of crazy stuff. But she still loved him, right? Because she, you know, she was just head over heels for him. That's all she knows. And so they got married, and she then got pregnant of his baby. Mm-hmm. And things started to get a little weird before that. So before she got pregnant, she was actually asking him to have a baby. But then he was like, "How would I beat you up if you're like pregnant, <laughs> right?" <laughs> Because of course, <laughs> asking the right questions. Because <laughs> of course he couldn't do all that things that he used to do. You know, if she's yeah, pregnant, yeah. and she also said that she doesn't want to do that anymore. She doesn't yeah. want to get beaten up anymore. She doesn't want to get beaten up while she's pregnant and once the baby's born ever again. So then they made an agreement. So Janice said, and this is before the, you know they got pregnant. Mm-hmm. She said that she would let him have a sex girl or a sex slave if he would give her his baby. What? Okay, that's a very weird trade uh-huh and she wasn't talking about prostitution or like affairs or anything she said okay we're going to kidnap someone and put her in the basement and only let her out when it's time for her to be your sex slave <laughs> but in one condition you cannot have vaginal intercourse with her she said specifically you can sodomize her whatever but you can't have vaginal intercourse and she, uh, the reason why she does this, the reason why she, this is like a deal for her is because she wants, you know, vaginal intercourse to be reserved only for her. Okay, that's kind of, it's weird. And so, of course, he was fine with it, right? Mm-hmm. Because he probably wanted this anyways. And so that was when they were driving around Redwood, California to look for hitchhikers because they were intended on kidnapping one. Oh. And Colleen, being the beautiful 20-year-old at that time, she was a perfect target for everything, right? Oh, yeah. And so that first night, they put her in the basement, and her hand was suspended in the air, and there was a bed underneath her. So she was just hanging there in the middle of the basement with her hand suspended to the ceiling, but naked. And they started to torture her and sexually assaulted her. And this is so messed up. They forced her to look at them doing it in front of her. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's weird. Super. That's so weird. What the hell? Wow. <laughs> People these days. I mean, people those days. People these days. No, just them. Just them. And so this is how the system works. At this time, her head was put inside of the sensory deprivation box, which is, by the way, is like very dark, right? Mm -hmm. And it only supplies minimal air because it's tight. And so she was forced into that box for 23 hours a day. Oh my God. And they only let her out whenever they wanted to feed her or sexually assaulted her. Yeah. How long long did she go through that? A long time. But eventually, they moved the head box to this coffin. So she, yeah, they forced her to stay in this coffin no nothing literally just wood and she had to stay there for 23 hours a day oh my god <gasps> and the nine months into this horrific mess oh my god nine months into this horrific mess she was asked to sit down with them in their living room so her hands were tied and everything and they set her down in their living room and proceed to explain to her about this contract so cameron was like listen i have this contract and this contract is binded by the government <laughs> and the secret underground society called the company Ooh. The company. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's called The Company. And this secret society consists of a lot of people like me who kidnap people and make them their sex slave. And by uh-huh. signing this contract, you will have to give your life away to become my sex slave for the rest of your life. And don't even think of running away because The Company is everywhere. You could see them in the streets and not realize that that person is a part of our society. That person is the part mm-hmm. of like The Company, right? And if you do try to escape and you get caught, you'll be very sorry, he said. 
what's gonna happen no nothing specific no he's just like you'll be very sorry uh, you're gonna die and so he also said that the whole house is bugged so anything colleen does even when it's not watched by the couple they would know and if she does anything suspicious the company would alert them and stuff you know mm-hmm. and so colleen at that moment was frantic because she believed in the society called the company right and yeah. so she asked what if i didn't want to sign the contract you know like what if what's gonna happen and cameron told her about this last girl he had as a sex slave so he killed that last girl yeah and that last girl's name was marie and he was like you can do whatever you want but you'll end up exactly where she is and so of course she signed the contract because she was scared of both cameron and the company but here's the thing there was no such thing as a society called the company they just (laughs) wow yeah they just made that up so she would like be scared and this really messed with colleen's mind i mean after all that time being like isolated and sexually assaulted yeah 23 hours a day for nine months she wasn't like she wasn't thinking clearly she was really not in a normal state of mind right and so Colleen signed the contract and Cameron ordered her to call him master and his wife mistress and they call Colleen just by the letter K. So they call her K right from that moment on and the reason of that is because he was inspired by this particular fiction novel, a novel called The Story of O. So this book is a French novel that has a lot of plot of this young beautiful photographer who was taken by her lover to Chateau Rossi where she was forced to be available for any sexual acts. It's pretty similar to the 120 days of Sodom, but I feel like it's not as extreme and not as old. And I feel like whenever I talk about these type of books, especially when it's written like back in the days, it's not like it's Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. very poetic. Like the words were created so beautifully. It's nothing raunchy or like vulgar or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah, not raunchy, not like Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey is like for teenage girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I pushed her into the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, his veins and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> not, not like those. Oh my god, you read Fifty Shades of Grey? No, but people like veins, right? People I, like, I mean, girls like veins, right? People like veins. <laughs> girls, girls like veins? Yeah. Where'd you get that from? TikTok. Okay. Hello? Wait, are you 15, babe? Are you like 16 or something? Veins. Am I wrong? Maybe 14-year-old girls like veins. Whoa. Oh, everybody's gonna hate you for that. Really? Yeah. Do people like veins? Don't, didn't you see like the TikTok trend? I asked my boyfriend to show me him touching his bed sheet. Something like that. Yeah. Those are, those are like 20-year-old girls. Really? Yeah. Veins? Veins. What? Weirdos, right? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Touching their veins? No, not not touching veins, just looking at them. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I thought this was like a Tumblr thing, like back in 2017. No, no. It's 2020. What? 2021. 20 year old girl. Get with the times. What? Veins? It's still a thing? What the hell? Still a thing. Okay. So, we haven't really talked about how Colleen's family is dealing- Oh yeah. Yeah, right? She's been missing for months. And so, after a few days of her disappearance, the family called the police and everything, right? They were panicking, etc. But the police didn't really take this seriously. Because at this time, it was very common for people to just leave and join cults. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> wait, wait, when was this? 1980s? 1980s? You know, and... back in the days when cults was a thing. Okay, okay. And because there was literally no trace of her at all, right? because it was like a birthday surprise and she didn't tell anyone at all 
the police didn't have any leads, so they just ignored. Yeah, I mean, like, you get a few hundred cases a day of missing people. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> and so, okay. The couple started giving Colleen more and more freedom after she signed the contract. Like, from being isolated for 23 hours a day, they then would let her out to do some house chores, you know, like cooking and cleaning. And even at one point, they let her took care of the baby. And the baby, they didn't even, like, they just thought she was a babysitter. They didn't know she was living there. And Janice, the wife, she didn't really like Colleen. Like, of mm-hmm. course, right? I mean, she stole her spotlight in a sense, you know? A lot of people think Janice is kind of a victim, but not too much of a victim to the point that you should empathize her, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, this whole thing was her idea in the first place. Yeah, you reap what you sow. What? You reap what you sow. Huh? You reap what you sow. Reap. reap? R-E-A-P. Reap. Reap what you sow? Mm-hmm. Sue? Sow. Sow. Saw? Sow. Like, plant. Reap? Sow. Oh, reap. Reap what you sow. Oh, I thought you were just saying nonsense because yeah, like sometimes you pronounce things weirdly. <laughs> Sorry, where was I? <laughs> and so one day, after a year of Colleen's abduction, she was like, okay, I changed my mind. You can do her in her V part, but only for one day. And a lot of the investigators thought this is like, you know how girls are like, oh, do anything you want, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. When Reverse it, psychology. Yeah, when it really means don't do anything you want, and I do care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I didn't look at you like that. I'm not, I'm not Janice. Hello. Yes. <laughs> 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 I'm not like that! I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, not like that. Not like that. Continue, continue. Okay, so a lot of the investigators thought this was just like a way of her testing Cameron, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is so crazy because Cameron, not even asking a question, not a single argument, not even anything, he rushed down to the basement, take Colleen out of her coffin box, took her to his marital bed, his Mm. bed that he sleeps in with his wife, and starts doing her. Whoa. Yeah, not even closing the door, like it was wide open. And it's so crazy because you can hear Janice throwing Uh. up and just crying in the bathroom. Oh, so he really wanted it. Yeah, he really wanted it. Oh my god. Disgusting. Yeah, right? Cameron, sick. <laughs> sick to the core! Okay, go on. Okay. Okay, so Janice thought this was like a one-time thing, right? But every time she was away, Cameron would rape Colleen over and over again, right? And this is when Cameron's and Janice's marriage falls into the dumps because Cameron then would kind of just give more and more, you know, freedom to Colleen, right? Mm-hmm. And so then eventually they decided to move out. They bought like this one-acre land and they live in this trailer park. Yeah, they live in this big RV and they were just working on their garden and everything, right? But here's the thing, the RV didn't have any basement. So what they do is they would put Colleen's coffin box underneath their waterbed. Oh, oh. Yeah, so every night they would lift up their waterbed and Colleen would crawl into the coffin and they would like literally sleep on top of her. Yeah, imagine the heat and claustrophobia. How can she breathe? So sad. Okay, imagine you in a box, couldn't breathe, couldn't move, literally just stiff there. I'll just die. Dude, I would literally cry. I can't even imagine one day. Yeah. This has been going on for like years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so two and a half years into this, Colleen was given a whole lot of freedom. She was allowed to go jogging with no supervision. She was allowed to like work in the garden with no supervision. And she would do all these chores and everything, right? And this was actually used against her in the court, you know, later on. Because of a lot of people thinking, well, why didn't you just ask for help from like other people, right? When you go jogging and everything. But what other people don't understand is that she was really, really brainwashed. 
2.5 years of isolation, sexual assault, torture, and everything, right? Yeah. And her fear with the company, she couldn't think clearly. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. People blame her for that? Yeah. That's that's, that's actually used against her. Against her for what? what um, is to prove that, you know. It was her own free will? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I mean, okay, yeah. Especially from like Cameron's lawyers. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. The lawyers were like, yeah, she was kidnapped at first, but then she wanted to be kidnapped. That's stupid. But like, I guess loopholes. For lawyers? Yeah, yeah, they, they always find loopholes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God they didn't win though. Yeah, they better not. Okay, and one day Cameron was like, hey, I got you a Christmas present, right? Oh. And he hands her the phone and said, you can call your dad. What? Yeah, he was like, you can call your dad, but if you say anything, I will hang up and the company will take you and torture you to death. Okay? Okay, okay. And so Colleen called her dad. She was being very vague about, you know, everything. She wasn't telling him what happened or where she is. She just kept telling him that she misses him. She misses him, right? Yeah. And she, that she's okay. Mm-hmm. She's okay. Nothing to be worried about, which is so messed up because like, why is he doing that? You know, because she's already held captive. Why is he even doing that? Well, a lot of investigators think that it's because for him, this is power play. Oh. You give them something to live for, you know? You're giving Colleen something to live for. Otherwise, she just becomes this lifeless, you know, they just give up, right? Yeah, yeah. This is power play for, like, Cameron. This is what a lot of investigators actually thought. Cameron gets off by this power play thing. And he didn't actually stop there, actually. He then told Colleen, listen, this is the right time for us to visit your family. And so, of course, Colleen was super excited, right? Yeah. She was like, yes, thank you, thank you, etc. And they drove there. And on the way to her house, Cameron kept on telling her, hey, your house is bugged. Mm. The company has it under surveillance. Mm -hmm. If you do anything or say anything, I will know and you will die. And so they arrived in Colleen's house and Cameron introduced himself as her fiance. Oh. And that he needed to go somewhere else and he'll pick her up later. She ended up staying in the house for 24 hours. And so after that, Cameron went and picked her up, right? And before they leave, her family actually took a picture of both of them. And this later on was used against her again in the court, uh. kind of victim blaming her again because in the court, people were like, you know, if she was kidnapped and she was really unhappy, then why is she smiling in that picture? She's happy in that moment, I guess, because to see her family. Yeah, a lot of people think like, why is she smiling then if she, you know, she didn't give consent to like being kidnapped, which is like weird, right? Why would you like victim blame someone, you know, like she's literally brainwashed. And now this is when things started to get weird again, power play again by Mm. Cameron. He decided to isolate Colleen again when she already got a lot of freedom, right? This is like a push and pull thing. You know, it's common in like toxic relationships too. Uh, like one day you get everything and the other day you just got torture and torture, you know? Just to uh, keep you alive. Keep, yeah, keep like them wanting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give a little bit of hope. Yeah, hope. To keep you alive, to keep you pushing through. You know what I'm saying? And so he isolated Kalina again, forcing her to sleep under the waterbed in a box in her coffin for the next three years, 23 hours mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. Again. Again. So it was weird, right? Yeah. It was just like this push and pull. Why is she doing? Like, why is he doing this? Yeah. You know? And after that three years, so it's been going on for seven years at this time, you know? 
he started giving Colleen more freedom again. Uh-huh. She was allowed to go outside. You know, she was allowed to go outside for work. So oh. she was working in this motel to uh-huh. help both Cameron and his wife on their financial struggles. <laughs> she was helping. Yeah. You know, all the checks, all the paychecks went right to Cameron's mm. bank account. But of course, Cameron kept on threatening her like the motel was bugged. It was surveillanced by the company and everything. So if she does anything, Cameron will know, right? That's what he said. And this is when things started to go downhill because Cameron started treating Colleen like his second wife. Ooh. <laughs> what is that reaction? What is that ooh every time? Ooh. Some drama with Janice. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, and Janice, which is Cameron's wife, was still around for this. Of course. Yeah, to the point that Cameron told her that he will put both of them in turns. Huh? Yeah, he will put both of them in turn, so like a polygamous relationship, but without consent, right? And Janice wasn't a fan of this, of course, of course. right? Because, you know, she was the main B. You know, she was the main girl in the house, yeah, right? Yeah. You As- married me. Yeah, right? Especially once Cameron came up to her and was like, you know what's better than two? Three. Huh? Yeah, so he was going to kidnap another girl because he thought, damn, this one went so well. Oh and it's been God. going on for seven years, right? Yeah, okay, he needs an upgrade. <laughs> and Janice was furious, but deep down inside, right? Mm-hmm. Because she stops being the main woman of the house. Yeah. And like, you know, he starts to forget about her. And so Janice was okay. I've had enough of this. And she immediately called Colleen while she was like working in the motel, right? Yeah. And told her, listen, I need to tell you something. The truth is, there is no such thing as the company. You've been lied to for seven years. So you could have gone and run away if you wanted to, etc. right? And so Colleen was like in shock. Yeah. Seven years of her life. Yeah, seven years of my life. And she immediately called her dad. And she was like, dad, I'm going to come home. Dad, I'm, gonna, I'm okay. going home, right? Yeah. yeah. And so after that, she called Cameron and she was like, I'm leaving you. Uh-huh. And Cameron started burst down crying in the other end of the call. Whoa. And so Colleen went back to her family and she actually didn't call the police until a few months. Why? Because she was like piecing it out together, you know. Oh, she was she's... just piecing it out. Uh-huh. It's to the point that Janice actually called the police first. Oh. Yeah. Janice called the police, turning in, mm-hmm. saying that, okay, I kidnapped this girl. Her name's Colleen Stan and we kidnapped her. Me and my husband kidnapped her for seven years. And we also killed another girl by the name of Marie. But the thing is, they can't find any evidence that Marie was kidnapped or killed by them. But they knew she was missing? They have evidence that she was missing? No, there was no evidence. Oh, there was no evidence of Marie. There was no evidence of Marie. And at first, they didn't believe in Janice because they were like, okay, maybe you're like a little bit drunk. Maybe we're just going to drunk test you, you know? (laughs) Because you sound a little bit crazy. This is like a very outrageous story. Yeah. Like imagine telling you, yeah, seven years, but we let her jog around. Yeah. And so after that, they actually had to call Colleen to like verify the whole story. Uh-huh. And Colleen was like, yeah. Yeah, that happened she, to me. <laughs> yeah, she clarified everything. And so eventually they arrested Cameron. And in the trial, there were actually a lot of evidence that was used against Colleen because like the jogging, mm-hmm. you know, without supervision and the fact that she worked in a motel without mm-hmm. supervision and everything. They kind of wanted to blame Colleen for this kind of victim blame, whether or not she was there by consent, right? But of course she wasn't there by consent because she was brainwashed for seven years but it looked like she had her freedom yeah yeah but of course you know he lost he was sentenced to 104 years in state prison for the kidnap rape and torture of colleen stan in november 1985 
So, lifetime prison. Yeah, lifetime prison. And guess what happened to Janice? What, what happened to her? She wasn't arrested. What, why? She was, because she was the victim. Yeah, a lot of people think she was the victim, which is really unfair, right? It is really unfair because she's the one that initiated this whole idea. idea. Right? And so, Colleen Stan, she, you know, she had her feet together again. That's but good. It's, it's very sad because to her, like, the trauma and everything... Yeah caused her to go downhill in her personal life too she got divorced you know her kids were like imprisoned and stuff oh, yeah which is very sad like she deserves so so much better like honestly yeah. that's, that's the end of this episode you guys thank you for listening and wait up for the next episode bye bye